I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Kitty's Birthday House. My brother's name is Ozzy and I'm die boy. Thank you for missing from Mommy's podcast. See you later. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. If you have been hanging out for the latest episode, thank you for sticking with me. That is the longest break I've taken from the podcast and it's been needed. But I am back and I'm so excited to be back recording episodes and releasing them for you. This one is such a lovely one with Charlotte. She talks us through her four babies. So she's got two um, that were singleton pregnancies who are Boston and Goldie. And then a twin pregnancy with Teddy and Tulip. All of her births are super positive and it's just such a lovely story. So I know you're going to enjoy it. If you have stuck around and you've been hanging out for this episode, I'm so grateful that you've managed to come back and find me and I'll be back into the regular swing of things now. A reminder, if you are pregnant, make sure you go and check out your birth project. It's the online hypnobirthing course you need to help you create your best birth. And I have designed it with all of the mums I've had on the podcast and their birth stories in mind. So I hope that you really love it. If you want to find me, you can do so at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram or jordan at kiwibirthtales.com on email. Okay, we're going to jump into this lovely episode. I hope you enjoy it and make sure you send me a message afterwards if you do. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks so much for joining me on the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to share my stories. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about it. But do you want to start with um, a little bit about you and who is in your family? Yep, sure. So I'm Charlotte. Um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. I'm married to Harrison and we have four kids. We have Boston, <laughs> who's six, Goldie, who is three, and then we have our twins, Teddy and Tulip, who are about seven weeks old. Mm, I love all of their names. So cute. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And whereabouts in New Zealand do you guys live? Um, we're just in Auckland at the moment. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And take us through the journey to pregnancy the first time for you guys. So what did that look like with Boston? Sure. So, yeah, with Boston, we – so basically as soon as we got married, I was like, so should we start trying for kids? <laughs> um, and Harry was just like, um, should we just, you know, settle into marriage first, just enjoy it and just us two for a while? And I was like, oh, my – like I re- really wanted to have kids straight away, but – you know, like I couldn't force him. So he wanted to wait at least two years. And when that two-year mark came around, um, I was like, so you're ready? Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, like, yes, I am ready, but could we wait a little bit longer? And I was like, look, it's going to take, could take up to a year for us to get pregnant. And then, you know, nine months of growing the baby. So we may as well start trying and see what happens. Um, and he was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then the classic one month later, we got a positive pregnancy test. <laughs> pregnant. So, yeah, that was basically the journey. Pretty lucky to, yeah, to get pregnant first pop. 
yeah amazing and were you shocked like when you saw the positive pregnancy test how were you feeling um no nah, just so excited um yeah. like I took it first day of my miss period just could not wait to test and yeah when the two mm-hmm. lights I just had the biggest smile on my face um <laughs> I did it at work and in, in like our work toilets so I couldn't even wait until I got home um yeah. so yeah and then I rang Harry and I was like you're gonna be a dad and he was like <laughs> waited until I was there and I was like nah I'm too excited (laughs) awesome cool and how were you feeling in your pregnancy like talk us through the first trimester and did you have many pregnancy symptoms the first time around yeah um Boston was a really easy pregnancy first trimester like I felt kind of um you know like nauseous or hungover after I had naps but honestly that was pretty much it at a really good first trimester I think I vomited once. So yeah. everything was pretty straightforward. Amazing. And did you have a midwife? Um, yes. Yep. So I contacted yep. just like a local midwifery place and got a midwife called Helena. Um, and we went from there. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And what about the testing in your pregnancy? Did you do all of the testing that's offered to you in New Zealand? Uh, yes. So we just did kind of like the standard um blood tests and um, ultrasounds for it's trisomy 21 yeah yeah, um, but we didn't do any of the extra testing yeah yeah Yeah. cool and did you have like many thoughts around a birth plan how you wanted your birth to go did you do any antenatal classes or anything like that in your first pregnancy yes so I knew straight away I didn't want to birth in hospital Um, I don't even know why I've always just been it's just a place I didn't want to birth I had never really been in hospital and I just for me it was like that's where sick people go that's not where I want to birth um yeah and I was born in at Walkworth Birth Centre and that was um where my midwife was could could birth you know so I was like I think yeah I don't know much about it but that's where I feel like I want to birth and so um my midwife was like are you sure most first mums want to birth in hospital and I was like yeah mm-hmm. absolutely it feels right um and so she was like cool let's do it she was really supportive and and yeah that was basically the plan um yeah. I didn't really have a birth plan because she told me like look what's going to happen is going to happen and we just roll with it um Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I was sweet with that. Um, yeah. And so I did antenatal classes and um, just a general, like, community one. And that was really good. I think the best thing I got out of it was, um, co- like, the the community of mums. Um, mm. That was great in terms of, like, 2 a.m. chats and we're all breastfeeding. And, like, if anything mm-hmm. was wrong, the babies were like, does your baby do this? You know, and we all reassured <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love that. You've got to have a good group chat, I reckon, when you're a mum. It's, like, essential to surviving. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, it was so good. Yeah, awesome. Cool. And how were you feeling towards the end of your pregnancy, um, sort of coming up to potentially going into labour? Did you have many aches and pains at the end of that pregnancy? And, yeah, talk us through how you were feeling. Um, so, yeah, the rest of the pregnancy was really straightforward. Didn't have any pains or complications um yeah everything was good but I did go past 40 weeks and that week was just like 
the worst week of my life. I just was, <laughs> I hated it. I was in so much like, like not, I wasn't in pain, but there's so much discomfort. And I just mm. thought that pregnancy was never going to end. Um, and so most days I was yeah. in tears. It's like, when is this going to happen? <laughs> but that's yeah. it. It was pretty straightforward. Yeah, awesome. And did you know that you were having a boy or did you get the sex as a surprise? No, we, yeah, we found out at 20 weeks. We could not keep that a surprise. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And had you picked out his name before he was born? Yeah. Yep. So Boston, we, it was the first name we agreed on, that classic yeah. thing where, yeah, we argued about lots of different names and then Boston just <laughs> felt kind of right. It's so funny. I don't even really love that name, but it was just the first name we really agreed on. And so we're like, yeah, mm. let's lock it. So yeah, that's how Boston came to be. Yeah. It's so hard naming kids. Like you have no. <laughs> these ideas of like these really amazing names and then your partner's like, no. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. Agreeing. And then naming boys as well, I found way yeah. harder than naming our girl but yeah 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 awesome cool and talk us through um yeah the end of your pregnancy did you go into spontaneous labor uh how far along were you and then into your labor and birth story cool so 41 weeks on the dot like on the day mm-hmm. um when I went into labor so I had it was a Friday night and I had my brothers and sisters over um with Harry was there obviously too and we were just playing Monopoly Deal having a good night had Thai for dinner um and yeah during like Monopoly Deal I started to have contractions and um they progressively got um worse and so it got to a point where I was just like all right you guys all have to go home now um (laughs) they all left and we started like timing contractions on an app which is really useless. It was it got to the point where I was like, go straight to hospital. And so we rang the midwife and we're like, Hey, like the app is, I, I, I rang her and I was like, the, the app is telling us to go to hospital. And she was like, mm, you sound like you're absolutely fine through these contractions. Like ring me in a few hours. And mm. so she was absolutely right. As time went on, um, it got to the point where, you know, I couldn't talk through a contraction. They were really painful. Um, so Harry rang her and she came over I think she probably came over at about 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. to check me. Um, and she was like, okay, you're eight centimeters dilated. <laughs> We've oh, got to go no. straight to the birth center. I know, because yeah. I was like, I hope that I'm not wasting your time. Like, I hope I'm at least like four centimeters. But yeah, yeah well, well on our way. So we jumped in the car and um, drove up there, which was reasonably smooth. I did have to stop to vomit and then I pee my pants at the same time <laughs> um, which we thought maybe was the waters breaking but it turns out no it was definitely the it was definitely wheeze um <laughs> but, yeah so we got there at maybe like I think I don't know I can't remember it was probably like 6 a.m when we got there or earlier 5 a.m um and yeah it was all pretty straightforward the bath the, the pool was ready for me to to jump in because I wanted to have a uh, water birth but and it was amazing when I got in but then I felt really nauseous I vomited got straight back out did not want to get back in there um Mm. and yeah just kind of labored for the rest of um the time the midwife pretty much left us to it she um would kind of tell Harry coach Harry through what he needed to tell me which was I don't know just Mm. like through contractions and stuff and then yeah, she, she would just come in every once in a while, check the heartbeat, um, and everything was going fine. Um, 
she told me when I was 10 centimeters and I could start pushing when I wanted um and then at some point she came in and she checked his heart rate and she's like oh to be honest his heart rate has dipped a little bit I'd much rather just break your waters and try to get him out now so I think that had been like two hours of me being 10 centimeters dilated mm. um and so I got on the bed she broke my waters and then I think like three pushes later Boston was born and yeah it was that was the one of the best days of my life like the mm. other births getting married to Harry was great but I just that was just I was just so proud and mm. all my family and all Harry's family were waiting in the waiting room like when I was mm-hmm. in labor like everyone was just so excited and mm. um, as soon as he was you know, I had all his checks and stuff and was dressed and back with me. Then that's when my family started rolling in to meet him. And I was just so proud. It was just hands mm. down. Best life. So yeah. Yeah, it was such a good birth. I loved it. Yeah. Amazing. And like pretty quick for a first birth, right? Yeah. I think all our active labor was about six or seven hours. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And did they pop him up onto your chest and what sort of happened from there? Yeah, so he came straight on my chest and I got to breastfeed and then they kind of stitched. I had to have a few stitches, so they did that, um, which was so painful. That was like, looking back on it, I'm like, that was more painful than the birth, I swear. That was horrible. I was swearing. (laughs) Um, But it was, yeah, yeah, everything was good. He was healthy and happy and, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Cool. And how were you feeling like physically after the birth? Did you manage to get up and have a shower? And yeah, what were the sort of physical feelings that you were having after birth? Yeah, I do remember. So yeah, I had a shower um, and I do feel it, remember feeling really lightheaded and I had to like sit down in the shower for a few minutes. But apart from that, everything was sweet. And I was, yeah, I was up and walking around and I healed really fast. Um, and we stayed a few days at birth centre um and yeah I was up and about yeah yeah awesome cool and how did you feel taking Boston home what was it like as a first-time mum adjusting to life with your baby yeah it was good Harry and I are pretty adaptable people so we yeah we got into the swing of things pretty well we um we actually before we even went home we went to our local cafe because <laughs> I was like I haven't had their coffee in a few days and also I wanted like one of their ham and egg sandwiches which I was so stupid <laughs> but I couldn't eat in pregnancy so I was like just take me there so um yeah and then everything from what I remember was was pretty good my sister has had already had two babies and we're so close so it was always around her um mm. and her babies and her experience and actually she had a really really hard experience and so for me I just expected that was going to be the same um yeah and it wasn't so it was yeah I was pleasantly surprised and it was much easier than I thought it was going to be so that was good so the transition was good yeah awesome cool and how did you go with learning to breastfeed was that something that you wanted to do and yeah what was your experience like with that yeah definitely wanted to breastfeed and it was really good he just pretty much latched straight away learning yeah how to what position to hold him in on both breasts Mm -hmm. uh, was quite awkward at the start but the midwives at the birth center were amazing and they just really helped Mm. when it so yeah um it was a really good journey and I had a really good milk supply and we just basically had a really easy time I was really lucky yeah yeah 
Awesome. And how did you and Harry go adjusting to like, obviously the huge change in your relationship and did you do anything in particular that you found made it easier or like, how did you sort of share the load of, of having a new baby? My gosh, I have to think back. It's like nearly seven years. Um, we, we did pretty well. I remember Harry feeling kind of helpless a lot of the time because Mm. Boston wanted to be on me and I fed him all the time. And, um, so, I mean, he was amazing. He would do everything else outside of feeding, um, you know, like keeping us clean and cooking for us. And yes, that was really good. But I do remember, yeah, he struggled a bit with suddenly there wasn't as much time for me and him. Um, yeah, we do. I think, I think we just kind of remember, we just tried to make time for us. Cool. And obviously he got a little bit older and you guys have more kids now. So, talk us through um did you decide that you wanted to have more babies did you always want more than one what did the journey to your second pregnancy look like yes so I loved motherhood just so much I wanted Mm to have our second baby pretty much straight away I was like so Harry (laughs) honestly like six weeks later I was like when should we start trying and once again he was like can we please just like enjoy Boston and you know like enjoy our time as a new little family and transition first rather than just getting straight into that and so I was like yeah all right I see your point of view um and I think yeah every month I secretly hope was hoping that I was pregnant (laughs) but it wasn't until maybe when Boston was about one that he was actually like okay like I think it would be cool to start trying um and so we did actively start but we didn't get pregnant straight away this time um Mm. about nine months to get pregnant with Goldie which was really hard I hated every month having those tests and they were negative um yeah it's just so hard um but we were looking back on it it was actually a really cool time so we we ended up getting pregnant with Goldie when Boston was two so (laughs) we did those first two years to just really get to know him and do some cool things with him like we moved to Bali and lived there for six months um and then when we got home um after that big adventure we yeah that's when I felt pregnant with Goldie um which was cool yeah that's amazing and how are you feeling in your second pregnancy? Obviously, it's a bit different when you've got a toddler running around. <laughs> so how did you find that? Yeah, that was really hard. Um, I was so tired in her first trimester. Her first trimester was harder. I was feeling a lot more sick, a lot more tired, and he was so active. So, yeah, that was about the time mm. when screens were introduced, to be honest. And <laughs> he started watching a lot of Paw Patrol. But um, <laughs> I love Paw Patrol. It was, yeah, it was... Definitely harder, but pretty, pretty good the first trimester. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Cool. And did you have the same midwife or did you go with a different midwife this time? Yeah. I had the same midwife again, which is cool. We love her. Amazing. Awesome. And did you do all of the standard testing again? Did you find out the sex um, in this pregnancy too? Yeah. So everything was pretty much very similar to Boston's pregnancy in terms of yeah, what yeah. we did how it rolled out um so yeah we found out at 20 weeks we're having a girl we did all the standard testing again but we didn't do any extra testing awesome and how did you come up with her name yeah so um yeah it was just a name we both loved I actually really wanted peaches for her but um (laughs) I couldn't get the line everyone was like no I'm like 
cabbages and cream that you know the the sex shop um and yeah. so yeah boy just I couldn't get that one so yeah mm-hmm. Goldie was the best option and I really love Goldie too so we rolled with that yeah yeah awesome amazing and did you want a similar kind of birth like I know you said you loved your first birth experience so how were you feeling about birth the second time around yes I did want basically the same birth which I know you can never um, have control over that but Mm. um, yeah so the plan was to go back to the same birth center obviously we had the same midwife and um, and yeah I just hoped that everything was going to be exactly the same yeah yeah and did you do any like antenatal or anything this time around no 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 didn't do anything no yeah cool and did you still have the same like mum friends that you'd get from your previous antenatal class yeah a few of them were still in contact yeah which was nice yeah yeah Yeah. cool and talk us through the end of this pregnancy how are you feeling and yeah into your labor and birth story with Goldie so her pregnant her third trimester was a lot harder um I for some reason just I think I vomited um a few times a week which I know is not that extreme but for me I was like Mm. what's going on I think I just was like so everything was so squished and I would eat and I just wouldn't so it wasn't I wasn't feeling nauseous but it was just I couldn't get the food processing fast enough and so like I would cough or something and literally the food would come back up Mm. so it was pretty but um but apart from that yeah everything was really straightforward so Goldie was I went into labor again 41 weeks um and actually had Ty that night as well. So I don't know if Ty's a thing that gets me trying. But um, yeah, so we, so obviously I started labor at home and throughout my whole pregnancy, my midwife was kind of hinting at me to try a home birth because she's just loves them. And, um, and I was always like, no, I just love my experience. I'm happy as to go to home um, to uh, birth center again. But on the night, um, I think it got to like 2 a.m. or something and it was time to ring the midwife. And I was like, oh, Harry, like I just, uh, should we just stay home? Like I actually just don't know if I can be bothered to drive up to the centre. Um, and Harry was like, okay, yeah, like if you want to and you feel good with that. And I was like, yeah, I think I would yeah, want to try a home birth. And mm-hmm. so we rang her, the midwife, Helena, and we – I was like, um, I can't remember if it was me or Harry, but anyway, we were like, cool. So we've, we've decided to stay at home. Like, are you all good with that? She's like, yes, absolutely. I'm on my way. I've got mm-hmm. everything. Ready. Um, so that was really cool that she was just so supportive of that. And like oh. last, weekend. um, and so, yeah, we lived with Harry's parents at the time in this big, beautiful house. Um, and we had the upstairs and, um, the midwife came and I think I was about, five centimeters six centimeters dilated um Mm. and so I messaged my sisters because they were going to come so they came and then I said to Harry hey go invite your mom if she wants to come up so she came up and then we had yeah so obviously the midwife the backup midwife and a student midwife so there was a lot of people in the room but that was fine I was like just in my own world during labor so Mm. I didn't even notice um and yeah everything was just really straightforward um I just kept laboring um and yeah honestly it was just I don't know we got to the, I, I think I was on the toilet and she was like oh I can see your head and so we mm-hmm. went out and I just yeah pushed her out and then 
she was tiny. She was 2.6 kgs, but she was a week late. So she was like premature size. So we're not mm. too sure what happens there. And I think she was, she's just a little human. She's really petite and she's tall, <laughs> but um, mm. everyone was like, what happened? Um, yeah. And then, yeah, she got put on my chest. We had a breastfeed. They checked her over. She was totally fine, even though she was so small. Um, and yeah. It was beautiful. Yeah. I loved it. it was another amazing birth. And from then on, mm-hmm. I was like, own birth all the way. Like, I loved it so <laughs> much. I got to hop in the shower um, and then just jump back into my own bed. And then, like, breakfast was being cooked downstairs for us. It was just such mm-hmm. an amazing experience. So, I really loved that birth as well. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And did you need any stitches or anything after this birth? No, I didn't. I think no. it was like a graze or something that, that I didn't need a stitch. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. And what sort of happened next? Like I know you obviously had breakfast cooking downstairs and you just got to stay at home. So talk us through, yeah, that day with Goldie at home and did you have Boston there too? What did that all look like? Yep. So Boston um came up shortly afterwards and met her and that was amazing. That was the other cool thing about being at home. It's just like we could all mm-hmm. meet together that way. Um yeah. And then oh, I had actually decided that I would go up to birth center still. And so my midwife was able to get me a room, which was cool. Um, just because, yeah, once again, that experience last time we got so well looked after, I just wanted to experience that again. But in hindsight, actually, I really just missed Boston the whole time I was there. So mm. I think if I could go back, I probably just would have stayed at home because living with Harry's parents, I would have got just as well looked after. But yeah, awesome. And how did you find like breastfeeding and adjusting to life as a mum with two? Yeah, breastfeeding, once again, really lucky. It was really easy. She latched straight away and just, yeah, was we, obviously they were concerned about her being so little, but she just kept putting on weight. So yeah. um, that was fine. So yeah, she was breastfeeding well and um, taking it all in. And then yeah, we were lucky, like I said, we lived with Harry's parents. So we it was a really good transition because um, they helped look after Boston lots and they cooked us lots of meals. And, yeah, so that was a really good start to life with two kids. We were really, really lucky. Yeah. Um, that was great. Cool. And did you have many, like, scans or anything in your pregnancy? Like I know you said that they were surprised that she was quite small. So did you have any scans post-20 weeks? No, I didn't. So at 20 yeah. weeks, she was obviously looking like, you know, a, a healthy size. And then I think because yeah. it was really long. So I think mm. maybe midwife appointments and she kind of was feeling my, my stomach. Maybe she, yeah, just could feel that she felt like the, the right size, but just wasn't. Yeah. But, but it's actually good in hindsight because I think if they had picked up on that, they would have induced me way earlier. Yeah, amazing. Cool. And obviously I follow you on Instagram. So I know that you've got twins now <laughs> as well in the mix. So do you want to talk yeah. us through, um, yeah, your next sort of stage and journey and did you always want to have another baby and, um, yeah, what did that look like for you and Harry? Yeah. So Harry, after our second kid, he was pretty adamant that he, he didn't want a third. Like he was like, mm-hmm. no, we're absolutely done. Oh, this was, I mean, this was always, he he always wanted two kids. But by the time Goldie was about two, you know, he was like, we are through the baby stage. We can move on with <laughs> our lives, travel easier. We've got two really healthy kids. Like, we've just got it really good. He was not having a bar of me wanting anymore. Because I, I yeah. always thought um, 
to have a third but I could also see it from his point of view like we had just moved to Bali again where we um and and we wanted to travel a lot and as Goldie was nearly three it was really nice being out of the baby zone so I was I was actually happy to let go of number three and move on however Mm. I always had it's hard to explain but I always just had this deep sense that our family wasn't finished yet so mm. at the stage I just yeah I just surrendered to the fact that if it was meant to be then it was going to happen but I wasn't going to keep pushing for us to actively try for a third baby because yeah. I knew he didn't want a third baby so um yeah that's kind of yeah that but yeah. last year we um yeah we moved to Bali and we'd started setting up our dream life over there because we wanted to spend a majority of the year in Bali and travel from there and then spend our summers in New Zealand so that was yeah what we were over there doing setting up and we did it we were on working visas we had two like long-term villas on the go we had one on Airbnb the kids were in school over there and we were so happy we loved our Bali life um and then in August last year I was late for my period which was weird because I was always clockwork I was always bang on time mm. every month I was just like, surely I'm not pregnant. Um, And I told Harry that I was late, but I kept saying, "Uh, my period will come. I'm sure it will come. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, I didn't want to just test in case it was negative, um, which is a real weird because um, I, yeah, I think I would have been gutted if I had got a negative. But I think because I, like, after having all the negatives from Goldie's pregnancy, it was just like that yuck feeling. We just really didn't want to get a negative because I did mm. kind of want a third, but then I'd also process not having a third child. So it would be weird to be, I don't know. It was just a real confusing few days. So I just put it out of my mind. Um, but by day four, I was like, well, I should probably test. And um, mm. it was positive. And it was a really just, yeah, unreal feeling because especially because Harry was surprisingly really excited about it, <laughs> which the, was the buzziest part. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently he used my phone in the middle of the night to check the time or something. And he saw a message from my older sister saying, oh, you need to take a test. Cause I'd been telling her I'm, I'm like four days late. Just like, you need to take a test. <laughs> saw that. And he spent the next two hours like pacing the living, living area of our villa just in shock. And then he just started processing the whole situation. And he got to this place where he was really excited and he was like, which was great because if he had been really down about it, then I just would have been like, ah, oh, I don't know, like, how are we going to do this? But he was like, you know, we live in Bali. We love it here. We can afford the help we need. So, yeah, both of us got really excited. And I always loved the idea of home birthing in Bali as well. Like, there's just such a magical vibe there. And I just would have loved to to home birth there. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. And how were you feeling like in the start of this pregnancy? Was it much different to your other two? No, it wasn't. Um, it was similar to Boston's where I just, yeah, like after a nap or something, I'd feel quite nauseous or a bit hungover, yeah. a bit CD, but nothing out of the ordinary Yeah, for me. Yeah. Awesome. And talk us through what sort of happened next. How did you go in terms of finding like care while you were in Bali and yeah what did that look like yeah so um we booked in a six-week scan at a hospital in Bali and on that day the whole family came 
So everything was going along really like normally in the scan. And then the doctor casually asks me if I have a history of twins in the family. And I was just like, mm, nah, didn't think anything of it. And then suddenly I clicked and I was like, wait, why would you ask me that? And he was like, there's two babies in here. And I was like, no, absolutely. That is not true. Like you are lying to me. Um, and he was like, no, like here's twin one, here's twin two, there's two sex. I was like, no, that is not true. It's not possible. And, um, and Harry's like, yeah, no, nah, I think there's, there's two babies, Charlotte. And um, <laughs> it was so shocking. Like never in my wildest dreams would I have ever considered twins for us. Um, mm. I can't even rest of the appointment after that but I remember I do remember Boston coming up to my side it was so sweet he goes mum I'm more excited about the twins than I am about watching a show this afternoon <laughs> so that was very cute but yeah mm. times to find that out yes yeah and were you just like how do you process that because I just honestly Charlotte I cannot imagine like going to a scan and them saying there's twins like you're having two babies so yeah how did you process that feeling so shocking so what actually happened was he during the scan he was like oh I think from what I can see one of the placentas hasn't attached properly um and so I want you to go straight on bed rest and generally this um I can't remember what 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 he diagnosed me with officially but he said that they it usually resolves itself if you just go bed rest just fully um so I did that straight away so that was my processing time and um I am gonna be honest <laughs> I went to some pretty heavy places like I yeah. just can't yeah. get my head around it um like yeah. the fact that pregnancy was a surprise which we obviously hadn't had a surprise pregnancy before mm. I just having a baby and then now I'm having two babies it was just like it was so heavy um and yeah but apart from that um once I yeah grieved a bit <laughs> I think mm-hmm. the biggest shock for me was like having actually having to go probably having to go to a hospital to birth and and like mm. the chance of having a c-section like that just freaked me out and then yeah just just having two babies oh my gosh it was so full on so yeah I did a lot of processing in that month um yeah. and then once it came around yeah we we kind of started to get excited it took us a few months to get a processing for us to yeah get mm. excited yeah yeah for sure and how did you think like how did Harry work through it in terms of like you know he sort of felt really done and and maybe that was a little bit different to how you were feeling so how did he process the fact that you were having twins yeah it was so interesting because once again he was just really okay about it he was like oh Mm. you know obviously it's going to be full-on but it's it's so crazy we're having two babies and that's that's so exciting like Mm. yeah he was sweet for it so that yeah. once again re- really reassured me, like because he was, yeah, really confident about it. Then it just really mm-hmm. helped me to process better. So that was good. But yeah, really surprising once again that he was just all about it. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like he's like the type of guy that once something's happening and and in motion, he's sort of like quite <laughs> adaptable yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah he actually awesome. is. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And how, like, in terms of your pregnancy progressing and, and moving back to New Zealand, I assume, like, what did that all of look all look like for you and how did you go finding a midwife here? And, yeah, talk us through that. Yes. Um, so we got back to New Zealand at around 14 weeks pregnant and so obviously that's trimester two and that was great. Um, babies were going well, both at the same rate. Um, I had that second trimester energy and everything was mm-hmm. 
much. Um, third trimester was harder. It was obviously everything inside started to squish up and I got bigger and heavy. Yeah. But I was really lucky. I didn't have any major aches or pains. Like everything was going pretty sweet in terms of my body. Um, and the twin. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Still, they were doing really well up to about 32 weeks when at one of the scans they noticed that Teddy's stomach had dropped slightly in percentiles. Um, and apparently that's how they also measure all the organs surrounding. So it can be quite concerning. Mm-hmm. But they just wanted to keep an eye on that from that point. Um, and I was... Yeah, having fortnightly scans and also around 32 weeks, they found in Teddy's brain um, an enlarged ventricle, which I don't fully understand. <laughs> but from what, we, <laughs> from what we've researched and what we know now, there are four ventricles in the brain um, and they're responsible for keeping the fluids in the brain sort of flowing. And if one's enlarged, it can mean that there's a buildup of fluid. And then that, depending on how um, enlarged it's got, that can cause ongoing complications like developmental delays, seizures, and in really extreme cases, enlarged heads. Um, But also, they told us, it can be totally normal, especially for a boy, Mm -hmm. um, and if it's found later on in pregnancy, and if it's isolated, as in if everything else in his brain looks normal, which Teddy's brain did, that was good signs, but they wanted us to go and have a scan with fetal medicine. So we booked that in. Um, But before that, because we had to wait another sort of like two or three weeks before we could have that, we had another routine scan, um, and they found that the ventricle had enlarged even more which started to be quite concerning for us um so we went and had this scan at fetal medicine and they said that yeah it was really surprising they were like the ventricle is not enlarged at all it's totally within normal range mm-hmm. um yeah it was just so bizarre so they they told us they either have mismeasured it or that um teddy's teddy's brain has just sort of it's sorted itself out which was great news but then they told us when he's born go get an ultrasound done through his fontanelle just to rule everything out like if you if you want to do that um and we did that because we were in hospital anyway and they were still a little bit concerned that there was something abnormal so they wanted us to do an mri which we did book in and we did a probably about two weeks ago now um and everything came back totally clear and nothing at all wrong with his brain but oh my goodness such an emotional roller coaster and although we did it like we tried not to worry us or like rob us of enjoying the rest of the pregnancy or his newborn days like we just really told ourselves that we will be worried if a doctor sits us down and tells us that we should be worried so But, you know, to always have that sitting in the back of your mind was pretty frustrating. But anyway, it was all good news, and he's totally fine, thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, amazing. That is frustrating, though. Like, definitely puts a different um, perspective in your pregnancy, even if you're trying, like, really hard not to think about it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Cool. And um, I know that you've been sort of like, you've talked in your story so far about not really wanting to give birth in hospital or like feeling more comfortable not birthing in hospital because you were having twins. Was there a requirement like from your midwife that that was what she wanted you to do? Was that part of your birth plan? Talk us through your thoughts on how you wanted your birth to go with the twins. Yeah, sure. So yeah, I, much to everyone, Tara, I really wanted to have a home birth again because I was like this is my last pregnancy I loved my last home birth and I just think it's it's possible I know there's like higher risks with twins around you know premature labor and things going wrong which I'll talk about um a bit later but yeah that's really what I wanted to do I found my midwife who was really happy to to do it as long as everything lined up in terms of the twins health and um I had to make it to 37 weeks so that was sort of the plan However, with twins in a hospital, it is absolutely like a no. They don't, they just are like, absolutely not. We don't recommend that at all. Um, mm-hmm. Hospitals do have their really set ways of um, birthing twins. And so basically, every time I went to an OB appointment, I kind of just, I didn't tell them about my home birth plans. And I just really hoped that I was going to go into labor naturally. Um, and we could go forth with our plans so they kind of yeah yeah, they would tell me what they recommended um and it was like really strong recommendations it was basically like this is what's going to happen um Mm -hmm. and I just sort of went along with them obviously taking in all the information in case that I did need to go to hospital because I was at the same time very aware that it was very likely that I would go to hospital um Mm. so yeah there were just certain things um that I definitely knew that if I went to hospital, I didn't want. Um, yeah. It was like, they want you to have an epidural straight away, like basically as soon as you are in labour. Mm. And it is obviously there for pain reasons. Um, but yeah. the reason they want you to do it is because the risk of you having a C-section is so much higher and with the second twin. Because what happens is with twins is once you've birthed the first vaginally, they're if that's what you're doing, um, then there's so much more space for the second twin all of a sudden and they can flip breach or they can flip mm-hmm. trans, which, which means mm-hmm. they'll cross your stomach. And then um, from the doctor's point of view, then there's lots of complications that could then happen. They can go into distress. Contractions can stop. Your cervix can start closing up again. Um, and then it's, yeah, from there it's obviously emergency C-section or straight into mm-hmm. C-section. And they think they feel like if you don't have the epidural straight away there won't be enough time to give you one and then you'll be put straight under GA which means you don't get to meet your baby um as soon as it's born so that's their thinking um but for me I have never had an epidural wasn't interested and so I really had to push when I was well no sorry I didn't have to push I just had to be a strong advocate for myself in hospital to say that's not what I want um and I also also, what happens once you've given birth to the first twin is a whole team of doctors run in, literally, like they run into the room and they just start uh, working out where the second twin's at um, and they determine whether or not you need a C-section um, or you can continue with birthing vaginally with the second twin. Um, and for me, that's also not what I wanted. I really wanted some time before that happened to let the second twin, if the if the second twin wasn't in distress, 
and they had flipped like transversal breach or whatever, um, then I really wanted at least half an hour to let the second twin, who was Tulip in our case, um, mm. I really Tulip to, yeah, just to have some time to flip back around or just see what was going to happen before we just made that call straight away on a C-section. If she was breached, I was totally willing to birth breach. Um, so, yeah, that was kind of my thinking. Ideally, I wanted the home birth, but I had those certain things that I wanted um, in labour if I was at hospital. Yeah, okay. Amazing. And how were you feeling towards the end of your pregnancy? Talk us through, yeah, the sort of later stage of your third trimester and carrying twins. Like, oh, my gosh, I just can't even imagine. <laughs> uh, carrying one baby was always bad enough for me. But, yeah, talk us through yeah, the oh, end stage of your pregnancy. Oh, so wild. And I look back and I just can't even believe that. I've been through a twin pregnancy. It's just yes. but um, yeah. it's been so fast. But yeah, like I said, like I, I never had any major pains or aches. I was really, really lucky. It was I, I carried them really well, and I don't know why that was. Yeah. But um, and also I think because I, I birthed at thirty six weeks, I think not having that last like four or five weeks where it just stretches out, mm. I think that really um, helped me to not get to a point of just like ah, I'm so over this. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, what happened was at 36 weeks, um, Teddy's stomach and actually Tulip's stomach as well, they said, had dropped to the first percentile. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that for them was just really concerning. Um, And also Teddy's fluid levels, they thought, had had dipped quite a bit. And so, yeah, at that point, the OB that I saw was just like, we want to get the twins out as soon as possible. And in my mind, I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, maybe like another week and we'll see what happens. But they were like, no, the next 48 hours, um, we'll have the twins out. And I was like, what? Mm. Like that. I was just not. Yeah. It was just so, yeah. Um, yeah. And also my gut feel was that it kind of seemed a little bit like over the top. <laughs> That's just my gut feel. Mm. But, and I was like, surely we can just monitor closely um, for the next wee while just to see what happens. and. You know, I was so close to 37 weeks and having my home birth. So I was like, can we just, you know, keep them in? Mm-hmm. But it's really hard being the primary decision maker of a baby's well-being. But I, I spoke to my midwife, who is obviously a, was a home birth advocate, and she was like, uh, actually, you should go ahead with what they're recommending with an induction. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, it would be too risky to, to do a home birth because um, – those signs, like the things that they said were happening, were signs of the placenta starting to fail. Um, and so she didn't mm-hmm. feel comfortable doing a home birth. So I was kind of like, okay, well, we may as well just get them out. And Harry was on board with that as well. So we booked an induction in for two days later. Um, I hadn't even packed a, uh, like a, a hospital bag yet. So <laughs> that's what the next two days was all about, just getting ready for that. Um, and I was very nervous because it was everything that I didn't want in a birth, you know, having an induction. Mm. But, oh, but I knew that I just had to be very adaptable and embraceable. With you being anxious about like the induction and hospital births, and I know you sort of said that you're just trying to get on with it and you knew it was coming. Yeah. Was there anything that you did to try and like inform yourself more about inductions or about birthing in hospital? Or did you feel like it was just going to be what it would be and you were okay with that? Yeah, I... <sighs> I didn't do any more research. I mean, like the OBs had given me, leading up to it, they'd given me a really sort of like detailed description of what the process would be if I was induced. So that was mm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a pretty adaptable person, so I kind of just went into it. There were a few things that ended up 
like in hindsight I was like oh I was pretty naive about that but um but yeah I'm pretty adaptable at the end of the day so I was just like let's just do it we'll just go in and I'll just yeah I'll just see what happens Hmm. awesome and talk us through how it went so what was the process for your induction um and then yeah into your labor and birth story Cool. So um, it was a Thursday morning that we had it booked. So Harry and I went in and um, I had pretty much straight away they inserted a balloon catheter, which was going to hopefully fall out when I was three centimetres dilated. um, And it fell out 18 hours later. So, yeah, we just spent that day. It was actually really nice. We're like, oh, it kind of feels like we're in a hotel because they just left us to it. And we just like hung out, went for Mm. a walk in Maine and like, and obviously we wouldn't have the big kids with us. So it was actually like a really nice fun day. So it was cool. Um, so yeah, 3 a.m. on the Friday morning is when it fell out. So um, from there, nothing sort of, you know, there was no contractions happening, happening. So I was basically told that I would just have to wait until they could get me into a birthing suite. Um, cause there was a big queue for the birthing suites apparently. So they hooked me up to a monitor just to sort of see what was going on with the twins. And they started to see that with every tightening I had, they had, they thought that Teddy's heart rate was dropping, which was obviously concerning because if he was struggling with just tightenings and I was like, oh my gosh, how is this going to mm. roll? How's he going to cope with actual contractions? Um, so basically that situation bumped me up to the top of the the queue for the birthing suite which was great because once I um got into the birthing suite they hooked me up again and his heart rate just there was never a problem with it never dropped again so who knows what that was about but he got me you know straight in there so that was good um and because nothing was happening they decided pretty quickly that they wanted to break my waters and then they wanted to give me an hour for contractions to start um and mm. nothing happened. I think the twins were just not ready to come out yet. Um, so they then started me on Syntocin at around 9 a.m. on the Friday morning. Um, and, yeah, just basically for the next six hours, Syntocin just slowly got ramped up and contractions started to get more painful. But I wasn't really dilating that much. Um, Teddy, who is the leading twin, was the leading twin he was just not really playing ball he wasn't coming down enough for his head to be pushing against my cervix Mm. which is obviously when my body would have taken over um and they could turn off this so yeah we just labored on mock contractions pretty much all day um and they would go from being yeah like they would ramp up and then slow down and then at one point they actually stopped it like altogether, which is really frustrating um but yeah they eventually just started to ramp up more and more and I think at about 5 p.m. on the Friday night, I guess, is when my body took over. I don't know exactly, but um, I actually pre- I, I, I heard about this thing, which is really similar to hypnobirthing. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it's called pain-free birthing. Yes, yeah. To be honest, I was like, oh, sounds like, you know, pain-free birth sounds not legit, but <laughs> I... I was like, well, I may, I mean, like, if it is a thing, I may as well learn a bit about it and try and practice it because it sounds mm. amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I hadn't dived too deep into it, but I had listened to some podcasts and stuff and got some really great tips. Um, and so, and that really, really helped me. I practiced my free birthing techniques. It was actually a bit of a joke because everyone else in the room was like, as if you can have a pain free <laughs> birth. So, yeah, it kind of became a bit of a lull. Um, but for me, it was amazing. Like I look back and I'm like, did that, is that mm. true? Like, did that happen the way 
things because it really really helped um I intentionally was just taking really long slow breaths to each contraction and I would intentionally just really try and relax my body instead of tensing up and I would literally mm. whisper to myself through contractions like this is okay this is good pain like, you're doing well welcome this pain it's okay um and it was so crazy. Like it was at eight or nine centimeters and I was just breathing through some contractions. Like even the midwife was like earlier on, she was like, oh, I can see on the, the screens that you're having a contraction, but you're literally just lying there. Like I'm getting really concerned that <laughs> some tocin's not working. And I was like, no, no, like I'm feeling contractions. Sorry. I'll tell you. I'm just, I'm trying really hard for my pain-free birth. <laughs> so yeah, it was really, it was really cool because um, it was a way for me to be really in control in this hospital birth where I just didn't know kind of mm. what to expect. And then obviously like you feel the intensity of the contractions. Mm. Absolutely. Like it's intense still, but you just don't have that same like pain that makes you. Yeah. I don't know. It was amazing. Um, and I highly recommend. Mm. <laughs> I'm obviously not describing it so great, but if you, if that like interests you definitely look into it because mm. it was amazing. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, it was around 5 p.m. that my body had taken over. And so we were kind of getting ready to um, to push Teddy out. But as I said earlier, um, you know, you have to be a real advocate for how you want things to be in a twin birth um, if you don't want to go with their sort of normal procedure of things. Mm. Um, and for me, I was really brave and I really pushed for what I wanted with every because I think we went through about three doctor handovers and so I had to explain it to every new mm. doctor and actually was really respectful which I was really surprised about they were like look it's not what we recommend but as long as you know the risks then that's absolutely fine we want to give you the birth that you want which was yeah. awesome yeah that was awesome um, unfortunately um Teddy was born at 7 p.m on the dot which is when a doctor handover happened and so I didn't get to mm. tell this new doctor that came on what my birth plan was or nobody told him and so in terms of Teddy's birth like he we had a beautiful birth with him um it was very similar to Boston Goldie's natural birth uh he yeah I think I pushed like four times and he came out and it was just yeah it was really straightforward but um the moment that he was born pretty much like 50 people rushed into the room it was so intense lights were straight on mm. were straight like um prodding my stomach ultrasound and just checking what Tulip was up to and making all these calls like we can't find a heartbeat um okay we found the heartbeat but she's flipped transverse and that means c-section uh straight away there'll be a c-section and they weren't like talking to me like asking me telling me and then asking me sort of what I wanted to do they were just he was just mm. telling staff like this is what's going to happen um which I've obviously never experienced before um and he yeah, he was like, if the baby goes into distress, that's straight under GA because she hasn't had an epidural. If, um, yeah, if she doesn't turn, then it's just a C-section. But he did say to me, before we had to, like, go into theatre, he did say to me, if I can, I will try and birth her breech. And so at that point, I just felt really calm and I just felt like, yep, that's going to be the plan. That's what's going to happen. And he said, I can't do it unless you have an epidural because it will be too painful for you um and at that point I hadn't eaten for 24 hours I was exhausted I wasn't I was just like yeah mm. let's do it and so all of a sudden yeah there were clipboards in my face I was signing being told all the risks it was so intense but 
you know, obviously I just wanted Tulip to come safely. So that, yeah, we just rolled with that, signed it all in. They took me straight to theatre, put my scrubs on. Um, they gave me the epidural. And as soon as um, it kicked in, he was basically like, okay, I'm putting my hand up now. And he was able to just grab her feet, swing around um, and told me to push which was crazy because I didn't feel anything and then yeah one push and he managed to pull her out safely so that was absolutely amazing she was um Mm. she was like she had she had to be taken straight away to um to pump some mucus out of her lungs because she was a bit floppy and um a bit gray so that happened but only for a few minutes and then she was back on me so that was absolutely incredible I was so stoked that that's what happened um yeah I didn't have to have a C-section and also looking back on it because obviously that was my worst nightmare um, to go into theatre and have an epidural but looking back on it a the epidural was actually real amazing like taking away all that pain I was like mm-hmm. wow what we're talking about um and, yeah. and just like experiencing all the dramaticness of theatre it was pretty crazy and everyone was absolutely amazing they like just took such good care of me but I just can't believe how fast it all happens like Teddy's born at 7 p.m and she's born at 7 17 it was just craziness but she got here safely and that was the best thing so yes and I was weird into recovery Teddy was with Harry that whole time so Harry stayed in the birthing suite um luckily I had pumped some colostrum leading up to the birth and so he was able to feed him that colostrum which was great um and then, yeah. yeah he booked teddy into recovery and i finally got to feed both of the babies and cuddle them and it was the most amazing mm-hmm. feeling so surreal yeah so that's how they were yeah amazing and what an experience right like from not wanting to have a hospital birth and sort of feeling like really nervous about that whole experience and then ending up having like the sort of birth that you wanted with teddy and then it sort of just um, happened how it was maybe meant to happen with Tulip, right? Like um, it's nice that you still had a really positive experience. Yeah, exactly. There's a few things that I'm like, maybe when the doctor, that new doctor came in, if I had, you know, just had the energy to advocate more for myself, maybe. Yeah. You know what's going to happen, but, you know, maybe that meant that Teddy didn't get taken straight off me because that's the thing that I'm Mm. most – sad about is that he had to be taken straight off me and if I had Mm. advocated for what I wanted my plan to be maybe that didn't have to happen but then also maybe who knows you know I could have had to have the c-section could have had to go under GA it's just all but also the pain-free birthing I think um that just that whole mindset of accepting what is going to happen and staying really really Mm. calm I think really helped also tulip to not feel distress so yeah yeah, that's what I'm talking about anyway staying calm is just (laughs) yes but anyway yeah everything worked out the way it's meant to and I do look back on my hospital birth and I'm like that was overall actually a positive experience which was which is great yeah yeah Yeah. and how long did you spend in hospital um with recovery and and with the twins before going home yeah so we were really lucky both the babies so they ended up weighing 2.3 and 2.2 kg um, and yeah, they were born at 36 weeks and two days and they were both really healthy and and like happy little babies. They passed all the prem tests around like blood sugars mm-hmm. and they, they both latched perfectly. They could feed. Um, so yeah, that was really lucky. There was no Niku or Skibu or anything like that. So yeah, very grateful. Um, so we just, yeah, had to go up to the post birth suite. Um, and actually I was very naive about the whole 
hospital experience because lots of people's experiences that they told me was that they generally if babies are well or the baby their babies well they get discharged after like three hours and they go home and so I know word of a lie I thought that that was going to be us I was like no we'll be out of here like the same day that we went in um but I quickly found out that that was not the case at all um <laughs> and I just think I wasn't mentally prepared for that and this is going to sound mm ridiculous but honestly the the four-day stay in hospital after was the hardest part of the whole experience mm. um it really got me by the last day honestly I was like crying every five minutes but I just yeah I just miss the big kids so much and mm. for me I told Harry to mostly just focus on them as we'd only organize one night of childcare due to me being so naive um and so I did most of that hospital stay on my own but Harry would come in when he could and he also brought the kids in when he could which was awesome but I think my body just like I was so exhausted my body went downhill mm. real and I just got this like terrible like cold cough I was so congested so this is TMI but I was just like coughing up the biggest balls of phlegm mm. and I was just yeah obviously trying to like learn how to tandem feed and you know just all that stuff that came with like the having twins and learning what how I look after twins on my Mm. own and yeah I just wanted to go home so bad every morning when I woke up the first thing I'd ask was can I please be discharged today Mm. and they're like we'll try our best but the paid docs would come in and do their routine checks and they just kept finding something to keep us in longer which like Mm. obviously they look you know for us and the twins they want the best Um, start possible for them but it was just pretty frustrating like they were Mm. they everything they'll pick up was borderline as well so it was like teddy had borderline jaundice so they wanted to keep him in overnight and blue light therapy which we did then tulip lost weight at their first weigh-in but it was within the normal range of weight loss for newborns Mm. but nearly at the max amount that they could lose so it was just so it was borderline and they wanted to keep us in another night which i totally get why because they're prims but it was just for me i was Mm. like ah i just but um yeah obviously you know four days is absolutely nothing with the comparison to some people's journey so I'm very grateful for the doctors wanting the best and for the twins and honestly I'm so in awe of mums who have to do long stints in hospitals with their babies they're just the strength that they have to carry is just incredible so yeah that was our journey and then on day four we got to take the twins home and Mm -hmm. start this new life with four kids yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah amazing and how has it been like talk us through taking them home and adjusting to life um yeah with four kids and yeah what's what's it been like over the last little while look the thing for us is we um we both really built it up in our heads that this was just going to be the hardest thing we've ever been through it was going to be mission impossible um and we just didn't know how we were going to survive and so mm. what we found is that it's actually been easier than what we thought which is great it's definitely it's hard don't get me wrong but just that yeah that's that little bit easier than what we than what we thought it would be um and so yeah it's it's definitely full-on um I think obviously like yeah juggling the two babies and it's not like you get you know with newborns you just get those long cuddles all day and Mm. um really embrace that part of it Whereas with the twins, it's just it's just so constant juggling between them. Like you mm. get them both asleep and then one wakes up, so you cuddle that one, but then the next one wakes up, they need a nappy change, and then it's just constant like that. And so that's mm. yeah, that's been 
full on. Um, and then obviously the kids transitioning as well. Boston's actually done really, really well. And he just loves the twins. He loves helping me out. Mm-hmm. Goldie's, however, she's yeah found it a bit harder. She's just at that age, you know, three. Yeah. We're not only yeah. learning how to like, well, they can't really regulate their emotions in general, but to not have yeah, me around, you know, and not being the baby, she's just found that really difficult. There's been a lot more breakdowns. Going back to kindy, she's found really hard. Um, but all in all, I think we're, yeah, we're doing really well. We have um, we have lots of family around. I don't know if I mentioned, but, yeah, when we moved home, we moved onto the same street as my sister and my also my brother lives on the same street. And then Harry's parents mm-hmm. has moved in around the corner. We've just got this incredible community who are just there at the drop of a hat if we need them. You know, if I need a shower yeah. and I need someone to the twins they're just there so in that aspect yeah. we're just so incredibly lucky we've had just such great yeah. help and it's made it really possible um yeah yeah to transition well and what else yeah overall it's actually been it's been hard but it's been a great experience and i just feel so grateful like it's just yeah. i still like how is there too but i'm also like mm-hmm. wow i am so so lucky like it's just it's incredible that I get to do this all again but with two amazing healthy babies so just yeah I feel Mm. so lucky yeah yeah amazing and has there been anything like that you've used with the twins in this sort of newborn period that you're like oh my gosh everybody has to have one of those they're so helpful um or anything that you've used like in your birth recovery or anything like that that's been particularly useful that you'd recommend to others yeah sure so for us I mean we like to keep things as simple as possible and just have the least amount of stuff possible so for us the essentials have been an amazing pram we use the mountain buggy duet with like a um a bassinet thing and that is just it's amazing like they sleep in there during the day and I can rock them from you know wherever in the house take Mm. them for long walks yeah so that's been great a really great pram um which I obviously recommend for whether you've got a single baby or twins um and then snuggle me pods you know the cushiony ones that they sort of sink oh, yeah. into and oh, yeah so I think lots of brands do them now so I highly recommend those also I can just take them around the house wherever and they just sleep so well especially in the newborn days um what else obviously great front pack um we have two single ones the baby beyond ones i just think they're so good for for some reason for newborns so they've just been really yeah. handy and then for twins specifically we bought a um, mini monkey double front pack and yeah once again so highly recommend that the twins love them if they're both upset i just chuck them both in i can feed with them in there um and obviously still get stuff done and they're super cozy you know snuggled up to me so they love that um and then just a rocker, like a good rocker. We have two single ones, obviously, for the twins. But at this stage, I can still fit them in one. Like we just have those, you know, the ones you can get from Nature Baby, and it's just basically a metal frame with the crochet sort oh, of padding, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. you can pick up off the Facebook Marketplace for, like, $10. And then I just chuck mm. a sheepskin on, and they love it. So I'm just – they're in the, it right now, and I'm just rocking them. I can be cooking dinner and just have them on the kitchen floor and keep rocking them with one foot and, like, chopping onions with my – yeah, so – yeah, I think honestly those are the four things that we use all the time and we find so helpful. Um, yeah. For breastfeeding with twins specifically, a, a twinsy, it's called a twinsy breastfeeding pillow that's been life saving. 
um, in the yeah. early days exactly. I can kind of tandem feed now without a pillow, but when I just want to relax and feel really cu- comfortable, I use that still. And yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. game changer. Definitely recommend that. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Charlotte, and yes. your openness and just willingness to share with us I think it's so nice to hear like the differences in your birth stories but also the really positive um theme that's throughout them and I know there's going to be so many people out there who love this episode so very grateful for your time and being open to sharing with us thank you all good and I hope you know obviously I've got a foggy ass brain so I hope it all comes together nicely (laughs) I'm sure it'll be perfect planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.